More than 2,500 years ago in ancient Babylon, God gifted a Hebrew man to understand the future through dreams and visions so that he could foresee all the way to the end of the age. Daniel chapters 7 through 12 provide us with the most comprehensive view of future world history found anywhere in the Old Testament. These mysteries of Babylon unveil God's plan for the ages, help us understand the present world in which we live, and prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. What God knows about the future, He is also willing to share with us. Prophecies recorded in the ancient book of Daniel are more relevant today than they ever have been. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. Whether you're listening on radio or online from our website, somethinggoodradio.org, thanks for stopping by. Today, Ron launches his brand new teaching series, Mysteries of Babylon. We begin in the seventh chapter of Daniel, one of the most fascinating prophetic books in all of scripture. Some of what Daniel prophesied has already taken place, but much of it hasn't. So today, let's talk about tomorrow. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen anytime on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, what God knows about future world history. Most of us are too busy with today's worries to even think about tomorrow. Isn't that true? Uh, we kind of live with our head down and focused on what's in front of us right now. I kind of think the devil likes it that way because that way he can sort of numb us to any spiritual sensitivities. The last thing the devil wants is for us to slow down enough to lift up our eyes and see that the fields are white unto harvest. Even Jesus had to you know, shock the disciples' attention a little bit. Guys, lift up your eyes. Look out there and see those fields that are white unto harvest. The last thing the devil wants us to do is also lift up our eyes and anticipate the soon return of Jesus Christ. But more than 2,500 years ago, God gave a man named Daniel who was living in the uh, Babylonian empire gave him the ability to uh, interpret visions and dreams. He, he gave Daniel a panoramic view of future world history from the time of the Babylonian Empire all the way to the end of the age and to the return of Jesus Christ and the establishment of his kingdom on this earth. And it is one of the most exciting rides through Bible prophecy and future world history. Uh, The book of Daniel is, and especially Daniel chapters 7 through 12. Today I'm beginning, actually continuing a series of messages from the book of Daniel, but we're we're packaging it and titling it and pointing it in in the direction that the text takes us in chapters 7 through 12. We're calling it Mysteries of Babylon because these, these dreams and visions that Daniel received, the interpretation came by the revelation of God. And that's the only way we would understand these things. And um, 
Daniel chapters uh, 7 through 12 contain, again, some of the most exciting and most riveting uh, future world history and insights into it found anywhere in the Bible. Dr. John Walvoord, who is a Bible prophecy expert, he says in his book on Daniel that the vision of Daniel 7 provides the most comprehensive and detailed prophecy of future events to be found anywhere in the Old Testament. That's just Daniel chapter 7. But 7 through 12 contains four specific visions that Daniel received. We have Daniel 7, Daniel 8, Daniel 9, specifically verses 24 to 27, and then 10 through 12 uh, contains the last vision. Um, Daniel chapter 6, which we've studied up to this point, contains mostly history with a little bit of prophecy, all right? And uh, Daniel, through his life and his example, taught us how to stand courageous in our faith. But in Daniel chapters 7 through 12, we have mostly prophecy and a little bit of historical references in there. Understand that Daniel 7 through 12, the four specific visions that Daniel received about future world history, those visions were given to him during the same historical time period that is covered in chapters 1 to 6. It was really about 22 years over which Daniel received these visions during the reigns of Belshazzar the king and uh, followed by Darius the Mede and uh, Cyrus the Persian. It was during the reign of those kings that Daniel received these visions, which is why Daniel chapter 7 and verse 1 begins this way. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up against the great sea. The first thing that Daniel saw was chaos and uh, uh, tribulation and, and difficulty on planet earth. Uh, this is seen in the, uh, the four winds of heaven that are stirring up the great sea, the great sea of humanity. And Daniel sees in this vision uh, great chaos on planet earth. He goes on in verse 3, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, and then I looked its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man, and the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one like a bear, it was raised up on one side, it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. So Daniel in this vision sees the four winds of heaven causing uh, turbulence and turmoil and chaos on planet earth. And out of the great 
sea of humanity arise four beasts, four animals, four sea monsters, we might call them. Now, the description of these sea monsters uh, are unlike any other animal you see in the animal kingdom. I mean, there are references to animals that we, we all uh, can imagine, a lion, a bear, a leopard, and, and so forth. But these are ferocious-looking animals. Uh, it's best to understand and to come at this in Daniel chapter 7 by also laying alongside Daniel 7, Daniel chapter 2, because the vision that Daniel receives here is the same vision with slightly different symbolism that King Nebuchadnezzar received in Daniel chapter 2. Remember the giant colossus image? Remember Nebuchadnezzar who was sleepless in, in Babylon and he saw this giant image with the head of gold, the chest and arms of silver, uh, the belly and thigh of bronze, the legs of iron, and, and the feet that were a mixture of iron and clay? And it was a panorama of world history, starting with the Babylonian Empire, the head of gold, uh, overtaken by the Medo-Persian Empire, the chest of arms and silver, uh, eventually overtaken by the Grecian Empire, which was the uh, belly of bronze uh, and the thigh of bronze, and then ultimately um, the Roman Empire, the iron fist of the Roman Empire. And then uh, the mixture of clay and iron at the feet was a picture of the revived Roman Empire. And then a stone came out of nowhere and smashed into the feet, and that stone grew into a, a large empire, a picture of the second coming of Jesus Christ destroying the revived Roman Empire at the end of the age. That was the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And that dream was um, symbolized from man's perspective. It had with it all the trappings of a the ego of King Nebuchadnezzar and every world ruler that would come after him, you know, picturing themselves in this mighty colossal image, this giant statue. Now Daniel gets a vision of the same panorama of world empires and world history, only this time it's from God's perspective. And as God views the rising and the falling of these world empires, he doesn't see them as, as mighty and strong and egomaniac. He sees them as ferocious and vicious regimes, as beasts that rise up from the sea of humanity and bring great destruction. Again, starting with the Babylonians, followed by the Medo-Persians, the Grecian Empire, and then ultimately the Roman Empire. I've given you a chart in your notes there, and let me just you know, comment real briefly on them. Beast number one in Daniel's vision comes up like a winged lion. We know from archaeology that a winged lion was one of the symbols of the Babylonian Empire, as was the gold, which was the head of gold in the Colossus image uh, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. This winged lion, his wings are clipped, Daniel says in chapter 7 a picture of what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar, who lost his mind and lost his kingdom, eventually gained it back. Following that is a bear, a ferocious bear that rises up. This is no teddy bear. This is a ferocious beast of an empire. Uh, we know it as the Medo-Persian Empire that overtook the Babylon Babylonian Empire. And uh, this is corresponding to the chest and arm of silver. And then the third beast is a winged leopard. Uh, the leopard in the animal kingdom is one of the swiftest animals, and um, putting four wings on this animal makes it even faster. 
Everybody knows from history how, how swift and how fast Alexander the Great's armies were under the Grecian Empire, and here's a picture of that. And then comes this, this fourth beast, unlike any of the others. It is a horned brute that arises up out of the sea of humanity, again corresponding to the legs of iron. This is the, the mighty Roman Empire. There's still more to come from Dr. Ron Jones, so stay right here. Listen to Ron's messages on demand on your schedule at the newly designed somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, be sure to check out Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. That's Starting Point, a Something Good online course where you'll discover what it means to be a disciple and learn how to train others to be true followers of Christ. Many of the past world empires have disappeared from the face of the earth, but the Roman Empire was merely broken into pieces leaving open the possibility that it will one day be revived. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, What God Knows About Future World History. Go back to verse 7. Daniel says, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left of its feet. It was different from all the beasts that went before it, and it had ten horns. In Daniel's vision, this beast had ten horns. In Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it had ten toes. Same, same, same dream, same vision, same panorama of world history, same revived Roman Empire as uh, many scholars have understood this to be. There's much consensus among Bible teachers by the way, that nothing like this description has happened in human history. That is the ten horns, the ten toes, followed by a little horn that pops up and overtakes three of them to seize world dominion and power. This is a picture of the future world uh, dominating leader known as the Antichrist, that little horn. But there's nothing like this has happened in history. We, we can go back in time and, and see the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, yes, the mighty Roman Empire. By the way, the mighty Roman Empire never went away in totality. It never disappeared from the face of this earth. It broke up into a lot of pieces. Remember the stone that came, smashed the feet, broke it up into pieces? And that, that's what happened early on in the Roman Empire when it fell. But the pieces of it are still out there. The Roman Empire, uh, having never completely disappeared from the face of the earth as other ancient kingdoms did, have left um, the possibility for the wheels to be in motion to gather up those broken pieces into a revived empire. As recently as 2012, I came across this article written by um, a journalistic publication called Vox Europe, and they reported the uh, following in an article titled, Ten Countries for a United States of Europe. This is in 2012. It says, ten EU foreign ministers participating in a study group for the future of Europe 
aim to exert pressure to transform the EU into a federation along the lines of the U.S. Together they have prepared what the front page headline in Die Presse, another journalistic publication, describes as, quote, a plan for transformation into a European state. All I'm saying is that people have been talking for a long time about the, the rise, the re revival of the Roman Empire in the form of these ten horns or ten nation states and ten kings. The EU is much larger today, but there's a lot of documentation out there, even other articles that talk about the ten major nations of the EU. And um, th this, this, is, this is coming clearly into focus even during our time. Verse 8, Daniel says again, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. Now, at this point, Daniel doesn't know the interpretation. He doesn't know the interpretation until we pick it up again in verse 15 where Daniel asks for an interpretation. And in the middle of that, between verse 8 and verse 15, the scene shifts from earth and this panorama of future world history to what's going on in heaven. And we get a vision of the Ancient of Days and of the Son of Man. Let's read on in verse 9. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. Now, a lot of times when you're reading Bible prophecy, if you were sitting in front of a computer and you were seeing these images, it's good to have kind of a split screen. And that's kind of what's happening here in the text. Uh, one, one part of the screen is what's happening on earth. And Daniel sees nothing but chaos. Chaos over the panorama of world history, you know, leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, but the other part of the screen is what's happening in heaven. I was watching a documentary over the weekend. Uh, it's getting close to Easter, and so this, this documentary was titled Jesus Countdown to Calvary. And it reminded me again of just how, you know, when people look at the Bible and they look at the life of Jesus Christ, uh, they, they see it from man's perspective or you can see it from God's perspective. And this documentary was very interesting because it, it went to all the places that we visit in Israel, and I, I felt like I was there again, and I, I recognized a lot of the sites and a lot of the archaeological digs and all that that bring the Bible to light. But the angle of this particular documentary at the end was simply this. And it was asking the question, why did Jesus die 2,000 years ago? What actually happened? And their whole angle was all about the political intrigue going on in Jerusalem at Passover time and the, the politics of Caiaphas and the politics of, of Pilate. And at the end of the day, this itinerant Jewish preacher just got on the wrong side of politics and ended up being crucified by the Romans. Well, I can understand that if you just have man's perspective on it. If you just look from a human point of view, I can understand that. But when you look at God's perspective, 
when you read the prophecies of old that predict all of that, when you read through the Gospels and, 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 and pay attention to those places where Jesus talked about how he would go up to Jerusalem and be killed by the religious leaders and the chief priests and all of that, it went in one ear and out the other of the disciples. They didn't quite get it. Not to mention the commentary of the New Testament writers who under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit are interpreting for us all that happened in Jerusalem in that fateful week. You can either look at all this from man's perspective and get all puffed up like Nebuchadnezzar and his successors did and think you're all that, or you can see it from God's perspective. And from God's perspective, he sees ferocious, vicious empires that devastate the world and also from God's perspective while all of this chaos is happening on earth throughout human history and as it intensifies up to the second coming of Jesus Christ we get a glimpse of what's going on in heaven isn't that great Did you know that nearly half of all prophecies in the Bible have already come to pass? Yet another reason for us to fall on our knees and worship the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Blessed be His holy name. You're listening to Something Good Radio. Today's message, What God Knows About Future World History, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. Take some time to browse our newly designed site with lots of great resources to help you in your journey with Jesus. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January, 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Almost everyone who goes with us to the Holy Land tells us it's one of the best decisions they've ever made. We hope you can join us in 2022. Visit somethinggoodradio.org for more information or to reserve your spot today. Well, the past year has been tough for a lot of people out there. But we want you to know that the ministry team here at Something Good Radio is here for you as we begin to recover from the pandemic and the challenges that have come with it. If you need prayer today for any reason, please contact us at somethinggoodradio.org and our ministry team will join you in prayer for any need you have. We also want to say thank you because your prayers and financial support have made it possible for Something Good Radio to reach more people than ever before with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're so grateful for all you've done. And when you give a gift this month, Ron will say thank you by sending you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Mysteries of Babylon. That's Mysteries of Babylon. 
Request it today when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. And you can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. He will attack the beliefs and the traditions of the times. It says he will change the times and the law. You know, a lot of our calendar even today is governed by um, religious holidays and religious traditions, Christmas, Easter, Hanukkah, you name it. I mean, we, we still observe that worldwide. Uh, the world and uh, the wheels of commerce come to a stop even on Christmas Day and the world focuses on Bethlehem. I take this to mean that the Antichrist will change all of that. He will cast aside religious traditions and the times and the seasons and the laws. What will the end of the world as we know it look like? Find out tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, What God Knows About Future World History. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. So long and thanks for listening.